This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Let me bang I do let you bang. Let me bang again. I let you bang. I let you bang. Greetings, Marys and Virgins. Go for Jesus! No for gay Jesus, people! Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time once again for your favorite mixed martial arts podcast. Recording out of Los Angeles, California, it's MMA Roasted with Adam Hunter. Who the fuck is that guy? Who the fuck is that? Welcome to a brand of MMA Roasted Podcast. It's me, Adam Hunter, here with my man, Shang. Uh, we, got a, hey. we got a great show today. We got Jimmy Rivera, a badass fighter from New Jersey, just had a war. And my buddy, Mikey Gordon, uh, who goes by Dirty Ron, he looks like Ronald McDonald and he's dirty. He has a wrestling movie out, uh, indie wrestling that I was in. It's an awesome movie. He's trying to get funding to finish it. He's also um, an amateur boxer who just beat up another comic because they had some kind of feud, and he's calling out other, other comics and other wrestlers. This guy's a trip. So uh, it's going to be a great show. Uh, Shang, what's new with you, buddy? Man, uh, did a couple shows, and then uh, I'm getting used to being back out there. Yeah, we did that one show we got booked at in Orange County. So this guy booked yeah. like, like private show – for and it's like a weird studio that looks like it could be a strip club, but there's like dungeon rooms and hot rooms and all these right like sex rooms. There's like penises, penises chained to the wall, and it, <laughs> it's it's really weird. But it was a good crowd. It was a good crowd. It was like a bunch of like girls that maybe you were ex strippers, a couple felons in the crowd. Um, yes. <laughs> and then the guy, and then the, the guy told us he got raided the week before, which was a little, and he just kind of like told it, yeah, I got raided last week, no big deal. And the look on your face, we're like, yeah, that, that's kind of a big deal. People don't just get raided. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, man, I just, I had a SWAT team in the living room last week. I'm like, the fuck are you talking about, bro? He was uh, interesting. I'm going to put it that way. Yeah. He was all over the place. And then and then these guys fucked me. And then I, I, I invented, uh, you know, I invented the fucking app. that, And, and I was sitting there going, what? What? <laughs> and then I looked over at you like, you got me into this craziness. Yeah. But the one girl was so hot, I was like, well, I could stay for a bit. Well, the one girl was hot. The waitress was hot. She came over. She was like, hey, my name is whatever, but you can call me Cookie. And then, uh, and then but she was like, st- everyone was hot there. Like, every girl was like a 10. It was just strange. The whole thing was just like we were in some weird, like, like um, Tarantino movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, and all the guys were like tattooed Ukrainians that looked like they just <laughs> they just got out of jail from raping multiple dudes. Yeah, they were. Yeah, it was it was crazy. It was crazy. Uh, so, well, uh, by the way, before I I, I got I've been dealing with this thing. I've been having like going down memory lane. Uh, what what was your high school like, Shane? What what were you like in high school? What was I like in high school? Very um, serious 
focused on, I was a student flat out. And um, my pops put me into Taekwondo. So I was literally school Taekwondo. And if I would miss it, even though I hated it sometimes, he would get mad at me. So I, I, I kind of started hating it. Does that make sense what I'm saying? I don't know if that makes sense. Of course. I started hating it because I was like, I really don't want to go to that. I want to go to the movie. Yeah, of course. Quit being a pussy. Like, what, uh, what belt did you get up to in Taekwondo? Um, uh, shit. Orange? or I think it was orange. It so was a long were, time ago. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember I did Taekwondo. It was every three months we got a belt. And I'm sure your Taekwondo was legit. But this was bullshit because I couldn't even break a board. They like broke it for me and gave me a belt. Uh, I was like, <laughs> no, I was mine was hardcore. Mine was super hardcore. That's why I didn't like it. It was too hardcore. I was like, I want to go outside and hang out, man. I'm fucking yeah. sixteen. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to be here. Yeah, I but find that with a lot of with a lot of kids coaching. I you know people always ask me like, hey, what year? Should, what? How old should I should I be when I get my kid into wrestling? And I go, it doesn't matter how old they are. It's whether or not they're going to have fun doing it. You know, you can get a kid. Oh, wow. You know, okay. So if, it does, like, if all of a sudden you get a kid in at five and you take it like it's the, it's the Olympics, the kid's going to be burned out by seven, you know? But if the kid thinks it's fun, if it's a fun activity, then, right. then, then you got to, you, you know, don't make it too serious until it's time to get too serious. And you'll kind of know that at that point, you know? I, I, I see so many kids that, as a coach peak in middle school. Like, and then there's less, right. there's, there's less competition then. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the you're ranking the state, but wait till you get to high school, and then all right. of a sudden they've been cutting weight since they were you know 11, 12. By fourteen, they don't they want to be a kid, and all the other kids that were be able to who had a childhood now they're taking it serious and they're just steamrolling these kids. So right. it's it's you gotta especially a sport like any type of combat sports, even gymnastics or any type of solo sports, individual sports. It's all about having fun. I mean, don't make it so it's a complete fucking joke and the kid doesn't care. But, you, you know, you have to make sure it's a fun activity. Is that how you coach? When you, when you coach, do you one, coach where you're hardcore in their face or do you coach where you kind of guide them along? Because my coaches were I have, like, I go every year, three rules, you know, is, is try your best, have fun, and just don't talk when I'm talking. That's like, you know, but I, I just stress the fun. If it's not fun, there's no point doing it. Um, and I tell them it's a lot more fun when you're winning, you know, right. uh, winning is a lot more fun than losing, but it's really about, you know, I never get on a kid when he loses a uh, kid, you know, some coaches like the kid loses, they're in the kid's face. You could have done that. Look, the kid usually feels bad enough. You know, now's not the time. It's, it's like the kid loses, gets to the mat, he's crying or whatever. He's pissed. Hey man, you know, you did focus on what he did. Right. Even if he did right. And then don't worry, come to practice on Monday and we'll work on what he did wrong. You know, because I find that most of the time when you tell a kid what he did wrong, right away, he's not listening anyway. Unless the kid's that good, where it's like, hey, man, you know, dude, you would have had it, but you just, you know, you, you just got to circle on that single leg. You just got to turn the corner and you, you would have had that, you know. So it's, you, there's, you know, you got to know the kid. You know, you kind of know the kid, what the kid wants. You don't wishy-wash it if a kid gets, but a lot of it is like, hey, man, you know, folk, hey, you got out there, you know, you just focus on what they did right is what I, I could do. I, I've never been a proponent of screaming at a kid when he did wrong. And also, you know, I coach it. For me, I feel like, like I had a referee one time that was screaming at a kid because his hair was too long and he didn't have the proper bathing cap or something. And he wasn't like, and I told the ref, I go, listen, dude, you know how fucking hard it is to get these kids out and read the wrestling mat. They got video right. games. They got the internet. They got, they got, they got drugs. And, and now we're going to make the kid cut his hair. 
Like, what are we doing? Yeah, let him just be. Yeah. My pops, I connected with my pops. I lost in uh, the second round of a tournament, and my nose was bleeding really bad. And I, I, he took my blood off my nose and wiped it on my forehead. And, and I started laughing. And then for some reason, he started laughing. I said, what? And I never cussed at my father. I said, what the fuck is wrong with you? And he started laughing. I said, who does that? And then after that, we were just, and he said, do you want to keep doing this? I'm like, well, now, yeah. Fuck it. Now, yeah. Well, it's crazy. So, like the, the proudest my pops ever was of me was after I lost. Like, because uh, I, I remember, you know, I was undefeated my senior year. I went to nationals and the whole, it was all about nationals. My coach was like, if you don't win nationals, none of this means anything. You already won every tournament already the year before, the year before that. So this is nationals. Week before nationals, I get impetigo, which is like the worst yeah. skin rash. So all night long, I'm, I'm, I'm itching, I'm itching. It's all over my body. No doctor were clearing me. I had to go to like seven different doctors. They're putting on me on all kinds of medicine. You know, I had, I was the last kid to weigh into nationals. There was like, I don't know, 3,000 kids and they made me weigh in last because they weren't going to clear me. And I couldn't cut weight because every time I, every time I sweat, it would spread. It would so get now, right, right. now I had to go up a weight class, which is, I, I just didn't go to, I was at 140 all year. I was going to go to cut to 35 and I was like, no, I got to eat something. I can't just not eat. And my coach was trying to get me to go to 30. Just like, don't do anything. I'm like, eh. so I, I made a decision to actually eat a little bit, which I still feel guilty about. Anyway, so I go to nationals and I, I win the first couple matches and I wrestle the kid who's ranked who ended up taking third and I'm down like seven to four, seven to three. And oh, okay. there's like 10 seconds left. And, you know, band-aids are falling off me. I have 37 band-aids on me to cover the impetigos and the wraps. And I, I knew I, I was like, at this point, I just threw, I just lunged at the guy. Like I just threw myself at the guy to try anything, you know? And my dad said like, he goes, you know, every other kid, other coaches were telling him like, they would have just, the match was over. You lost. You weren't, but not you. You just kept fucking trying, you know? Right. And, and he goes to me, you were like my, my, my hero for doing that. And my dad was so proud of me for that more than like winning things. And I was just made me kind of like feel good that I even like, I guess you just, this is that never give up attitude. And you see that with fighters a lot of times now it's like you guys like Jimmy Rivera, you see guys that like they're down in the four rounds to nothing and they just keep fucking trying and pull it off. I almost feel like Anderson Silva was that guy against Chael. A lot of people would have been like, I'm down four rounds. I'm gone. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah. But I think that, no, but when I watched that documentary, documentary. where he was, yeah, that, documentary, that blew, me, blew my mind that he said, he did the move, he said, I'm going to do this on him. Yeah, maybe maybe bad example, Anderson Silva. But, but, but I'm saying other guys that you've seen where you're like, this fight's oh, over. No. Just, um, you know. What's the, the African guy that uh, he got knocked down and but just getting murked, and at the last minute he just fucking clocked oh, the, the guy. One. Congo, Chet Congo. Oh, oh God! I guess Pat Barry. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was I one of He's done. Just fucking go home, dude. You lost this one, and he just didn't give up. He just didn't, and then he, yeah, and 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 that fight, what's crazy is like, I remember my reaction to that fight. Like, I don't even. I remember the fight, but I remember. Like screaming at their TV, like what? You like, like, <laughs> like that's when you know it's a good fight when you remember how you reacted to the fight. Yeah, it was a he just they were just fucking going at it. And honestly, one of the best fights is uh, I like Korean Zombie. Oh, he yeah. has that. Uh, he's a he's one of those people that are like, oh, we're going till the end. 
yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. There's actually there's a guy like there's a certain caliber of fighter, you know, Frankie Edgar, Korean Zombie, uh, Jeremy Stevens. You know, there's a certain guy that maybe they might. I mean, Frankie was a champion, Zombie almost champion, but there are certain guys out there that you know every time it's going to be a fucking war. Like right. it's win or lose, it's going to be a war. I mean, the, I put Diego, old Diego Sanchez before this fucking. Not that, not new. No, the old one. He yeah. was other than he's was he was fucking insane too though. So you got to put that in there. Yeah. He was kind of. I mean, he's like, yeah. And then when the crystals talked to me, and then after that, I talked to the Dark Lord, and then I come in. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? But I did like watching him fight. I still think that he just didn't have that, that close. He couldn't close. Uh, he. I feel like he got. He kept switching his. It's like he had all the skills. It's just one of those dudes that, like, well, I don't know, man. He was also in some really tough divisions. I mean, he was against, like, I think B.J. Penn back when, like, B.J. Penn. Right, like, when B.J. Penn was B.J. Penn. Yeah, I mean, I think if Diego was, like, a heavyweight or, or 135 or 125 or even 145 in his career, he probably would have been the champion. It was just that he was always at 55 and 70, and those – or uh, and those were always like the fucking those guys. There was just some monsters when he was there, you know. Right, and and just like we saw the example with this. Hold on, I got you. You're, you're, wait, hold on, you're uh, you're uh, muted. Um, what were you saying? No, 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 no. That was my son calling. Um, it it um, that size does matter, and I said that, and and people were like, well, not all the time. I'm like, in some instances, yes, it fucking does. Yeah. yeah. Especially well, if you've got does, a, a good. It does. I mean, that's why they have weight classes. That's the that's what that's the thing, you know. And uh, it's not the style bender's bad. He's he's awesome. It's just there's a reason. Uh, there's there's weight classes, you know. Um, and I think that uh, also uh, he's such a weird fighter because like he's one of those dudes that like every other fight he looks like the greatest fighter of all time, and then he'll go and like I wouldn't say he puts on a stinker. But it's not a stinker, but he almost fights down to the level of his opponent sometimes. Like he did against kind of blase. He seems kind of blase to me. Against like Romero or like he, it's, it's, I don't know. He, he's Silva. I, when he fought Silva, I thought he wasn't full. Yeah, Anderson to me. Silva. Like it's like he, uh, he doesn't bring guys up to his level, but he sort of fight like like him and Gastelum were like neck and neck, you know, and he won. Right. And then him and Romero were like neck and neck, and he won. But then he goes out and just destroys Paula Costa. So you're like, holy shit, this is the greatest guy ever. And then this last fight, I mean, if he wins that fifth round, he wins the fight. So right. uh, it was – But, no, I'm telling you, I personally, I just – I thought he was going to get knocked out. I really did. But he took a couple good shots and didn't fucking fall down. I was like, wow. Well, speaking of which, a guy who takes good shots. We got Jimmy Rivera with us. Uh, I guess he's now a cop. Uh, Jimmy, what's going on? Are, are you? A, what are you? A, a fucking bounty hunter now? What's what? What are you wearing? <laughs> yeah, I'm a bounty hunter. Come for you, bro. All that money you owe me. Oh, thank you. What, what, no, but is there like a you wearing a cop uniform? What's going on? Yeah, I'm actually uh, doing a little dispatching right now. Wait, but I'm in the car. Wait, you're a police, <laughs> wait. Hold up. What, are you a police officer? No, not yet. I'm in the process. I go to the academy in August. When did this start? Uh, I guess you want to say last July, August. Why did no? How come I don't know about this? You're very. Did anybody know about this? 
No, I guess not now, but they will. <laughs> wow. Good for you, man. Oh, wait, are you guys male strippers and you're going to some bachelorette party or something and you're going to... Yeah. Like, <laughs> Please welcome <laughs> Officer Ding Dong or some yeah. shit like, like that. Come on. Yeah. Is that what's going on? Like, so wait, hold, I thought you had your own academy and you were like, you have a, a gym. I did. I had my school in the city, but I, I decided to get out of the city. Once the pandemic happened, I was... Uh, I got out of the city. <laughs> so the pandemic happens, and then you're like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a cop." And how long have you been in a, in a police academy for? I, I didn't go yet. I've been in the uh, working for the police station since August. Okay, and then what are you doing for them? Dispatching. Uh, now, what does that, what does that mean? Because I'm not familiar with like cop terms. Uh, communications right now. So getting my foot wet. Right. I'm getting my feet in the door. Just get you know getting my feet a little wet just getting hands-on and learning stuff before i go to the academy so you're a you're a, a receptionist exactly exactly <laughs> right, i so tell i actually know if you think about it the kind of the boss i tell the cops you go there and this is what's going on and handle it but you're one of the baddest people on the planet i would assume that like right. you would be the why would like they send out some guy that can't run a mile in 30 minutes when they have you who is one of the greatest fighters in the world at their disposal I teach them actually. Oh, you're teaching. Oh, so okay. we started a program in August too, um, where the cops are mandatory to train with me three times a month um, from uh, from Elmo Park from the precinct. So I actually teach the cops, and then at the same time to understand it more, I got into dispatching and understanding what they go through on a day to day basis and understanding the situations they're in. A lot of shadowing I did, and then I decided, fuck it, I want to go all the way and take it. So I so decided like, are you to following uh, cops around right now. Like there's a criminal. The cop takes him actually, down. No, I'm, then, I'm with the police chief. This is my uh, flame. Okay, He's the chief. police chief. All right, they're with the chief, right? So something happens. Yeah. Chief gets out, does a double leg on the guy, and do you give him instructions? Like, no, you wanna rear naked choke him or like like are you actually no. He's been training training martial arts uh, with me for over three, four years now. So he knows how to do all that shit. And he okay. oh. where's your wrestling college? The Burger King. The Burger King. I thought you wrestled. You wrestled? Yeah. Yeah. He, he, well, I got everybody calling me. <laughs> Sorry, man. I keep getting calls nonstop. Yeah, he, he's a uh, fucking Olympic, not Olympic wrestler, national, national rank wrestler from back in the day. Okay, so, they, he, right. so they're teaching you, because it seems like, all right, so you're, when well, you're telling the cops where to go, are you telling them how to handle people? No, no. no. That's all on them. All right, no. all right. I tell them what's going on there. <laughs> got it. Got it. Well, listen, police chief, you got to put Jimmy in charge because he's, I know offense to you. You seem like a nice guy, but you're a little bit older. Okay. Jimmy's in his prime. Uh, I'm sure back, you know, back you were the 1942 national champion, but, but this guy. Uh, right here, let, let me, hold on. Wait a minute. 1942? So Adam, Adam does MMA roasted, but he's also a comedian. Nice. I get it. So <laughs> I'm not offended. So let me just throw that in before it gets any further. Okay. Before you're like, yo, fuck you, Adam. <laughs> you know what? I can take it. I don't want him shooting my phone, all right? You know all how right. hard it is to get a new phone Got and it. load all your contacts in? It's very hard. <laughs> so, uh, so, so uh, the chief, how's Jimmy doing? He's doing great. He's doing awesome. Uh, he's going to go to police academy in August. He's going to be an asset to the department. He teaches all my guys, you know, mixed martial arts, which is, is awesome for the guys to learn. 
And uh, yeah, he's great. He's, he's a good communicator. He's, a, he's, a, he's just an all around good guy. You could be honest, I'm a thorn in his ass. Is he teaching him how to check <laughs> cap kicks? Uh, now, it, Yo, I did check the cap kicks. That's why my shins fucked up, not my calves. <laughs> oh, oh, got it. Right, got it, got it. So, Jimmy, let's talk about your fight last week because that was an awesome fight. Uh, Thank fire you. the night, you got 50 grand, uh, so you should quit this job immediately. Uh, <laughs> but you're, no, I, I was super, super happy for you. What do you think you could have done better? Move forward and punch more the whole time. That would have stopped from the kicks. I could have done something a little different, like smaller stance. I could use the lead leg, the front, like the front, front kick or advance and front kick to kind of stop that kick. But after the first round, I'm not going to lie to you, my shin was fucked up. Yeah, but you checked a lot of the ch kicks, though. You checked them. Yeah, but just the nerve damage, the nerves in there. Like, I'm right. finally walking. So it's been a week, and I'm finally walking regular again. Like, wow. I have, like, swollen on the shin. So nothing hit the calf. My leg was fine. It was just a shin. And that's what was given out on me was my shin because I was checking all them. And I was surprised. I asked Pedro. I'm like, hey, man, how, you know, how's, how's your leg feel? He's like, my, your right leg, because that's the leg he was kicking me with. He's like, oh, no, it's fine. It, it's good. My left leg hurts. I go, the one I kicked, he's like, yeah. I'm like, the fuck? I'm like, I thought his shin, I thought his right leg shin would be torn up because he was just kicked. We're just going shin to shin oh, all the man. time. I, but was, his, leg was, his leg was messed up from the five or six calf kicks I kicked him compared to the 20 he kicked mine. <laughs> I mean, when we went to the corner, you said, where should you go? Uh, like, were you, were you legitimately asking, where should you go? I'm legitimately asking if I can leave the cage. I didn't want to get kicked the <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, I was like, just tell me what to do. My, like, in my head, honestly, I'm like, I'm like, where do you want me to go? Straight, forward, left, right? My leg was killing me. You're like, you know, make angles and stuff, but I should have just kept going forward. I had the better hands. I was landing a lot better than him. I was still actually surprised with the scorecards because I thought I lost the second round. The third round could have went either way. Yeah, but I thought yeah. I won the first round. So but I thought it was in 29-28. But the calf, kick slowed him, the calf kick slowed him down. I'm sorry. Calf kick slow you down. I don't give a fuck who you are. I don't care how badass you are. Oh, you, it's there the worst. <laughs> I, honestly, with everything being said and stuff and looking back and laughing at it, I think my favorite meme of it was, you know, there was like a Thanos picture. I posted it. It was like Thanos and like Conor McGregor watching Rivera continue fighting from the cap kicks and not get finished oh like, wow. that was like that was like my favorite uh meme they came out with a whole bunch of memes and honestly they weren't bad compared to what sterling's getting right now and everything going on with that shit they weren't bad they were very positive memes that i had to post them i thought they were fucking hilarious well we're going to talk about that in a second uh, the sterling thing i want to get your thing now it does seem like when there's one minute left in a fight this is what i love about you because like i said to shang like one minute left the fight, you're like, fuck it. I'm going for broke. And, like, it happened against, against Jan, where you hurt Jan when there's one minute left. And it happened against this time. Do you think maybe you should do that a little earlier? Uh, or just go nuts? No shit. <laughs> Adam, I, I love it. If I didn't know you, like, I know you, I would be like, yeah, you know, I agree with you. Isn't that? Like, no shit, show. Yeah. I, <laughs> we, me and my boss, of course, sat down and we watched the fight. And he was like, just trust your motherfucking hands. That's basically what he said in yeah. Ebonics. And I just said, all right. And I'm just like my next fight, I'm looking forward to it because, uh, you know, sometimes you get a wake up call. I'm a Rivera, so we always learn the hard way. So now I'm like, I know what I got to do. And I just got to fucking bite down the mouthpiece and go forward. Um, I guess I was going to try to play a little safe in the fight. But once he was throwing it, I was like, fuck it. Let's just go, you know? 
Like I was going to yeah. fill out the first round more, but after that, the second round was like trying to get in and trying to defend the calf kick. And then the third round going into my, Lewis was like, listen, you either coast or you can go out and fight on your shield. And I'm never one to coast and I'm never one to fucking back down from something. So I was like, I'm going to go out and fight on my shield. And then I was like trying to figure out what to do. The last minute, like you said, I was like trying to call it bopping in, shuffling in, just trying to throw. What fucked me up is when he moved, when I had to, when I had to move to catch him, my leg was dying because I was pushing, everything was off my back leg. You think you would have knocked him out if you could step up, if you could, you can't pivot, right? Yeah. I, I think if I didn't have, if my calf wasn't affected, it would have been a different fight. I think I could have done stuff obviously better. And I think I just got to trust in my hands more, to be honest with you. I think that's one of the biggest things. Um, and then, though, that, I, I see where you're going, though, because then you can get knocked out. So you, if, like, you do that, like, I made, it, I made it one, like a fucking psychopath, there's probably, like, a 70% chance you're going to win. But then, like, it's like Derek Brunson used to do that, where he went out like a hockey fight, and he's like, yeah, I was losing a lot of these fights because I was just going punch for punch. So I could see why you wouldn't do that till there's a minute left. But there's probably a happy medium, right? Yeah, you know what, though? I know what you're saying. You got to find a happy medium where, you're going forward, but you're not putting yourself in that dangerous position. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there was times he would throw in the pocket that I would weave and duck and move and make him like, I think one of my favorite things that happened, one of my, one of the things I enjoyed in the fight, um, not getting cap kicked, but was uh, when I, he just threw and I just went under and he just fell into the fence. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> but I, and then, then I hear my counter. I'm like, I'm kind of far away. I can't counter, but I enjoyed that. I looked at that. It was nice. You know, you but yeah. I was gonna say, you know what I thought? I thought your hands are better than his. So I, I was wondering why didn't you? There was a couple times I was like, why don't you just unload on this? You can't step on his foot, dude. It's fucking. It's, it's hard to throw no. a punch. It I was, know. I know, but he he really. Adam, honestly, thanks. honestly, in that third round, I was unloading and I was coming forward, but then when he would move, it was hard to follow him. It was hard to cut the corner off. It was hard to do oh, something okay. that I was having that hard time in the third round. And the second round, I was literally lo- looking to counter more and trying to figure out what I could do with that front leg. I even went lefty, <laughs> and I never go lefty. And I went lefty in that fight. And I was like, yeah, we're working. I'm like, I'm not, not comfortable there, so I had to go back to righty. So, it, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's kind of lesson learned, but the one thing that I do take from the fight is, the th- well, two things is I could have done stuff better, and we sat down and watched the video, what I could do better. And then the other thing was that it was an exciting fight. People liked it. I got a lot of, I guess, a lot of fan base off of it. I didn't win the fight, but I, you know, I won the crowd, you could say. And, uh, I mean, Dana came up to me after the fight, and I go to Lewis. I'm like, you think I'm going to fight at night, you know? I'm like, that extra 50 Gs could always help. And he's like, yeah, I think you are. And it was a very exciting fight. And just imagine if that fight was, it would suck for my leg, but if it was a five-round fight, and if anybody, I mean, was I mean, doubting, if anybody was doubting what you have left as a fighter, that fight showed that you were, like, not even close to – you know, finish like you're still in. No, the- I'm, yeah, I'm not close to be done. I'm actually trying to get a fight again. I, I'm healing up now. I'm trying to fight in May, and I'm hoping to fight. Um, I did ask my manager to ask for uh, Frankie Edgar if we could get that fight going. Well, That'd be I'm an awesome Frank- fight. Why does everyone want to beat up Frankie? The guy just got fucking killed. Like, come on, man. I mean, no offense, but leave Frankie alone. Like, let 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 him heal. He got- oh, stop it, Frankie. So, so Frankie. So hold on. So say trying to defend what Adam say. I'm like Adam. He's a legend in the sport. He's coming off a loss. I'm coming off a loss. Yeah, it would be a good fight. Are, we're, both lot, we're both Jersey. We're both Jersey boys, and it would be a good fight. No, what? I love I love Frankie, but those losses were a lot different. 
uh, he's coming. I, I, I don't know. I mean, those, th- that was so like, you're saying he doesn't have it anymore. I don't know what he has it, but if I were him, I would take a serious think of like, okay, like I got like concussed. Like I was out for a long time. You know, what's best for me right now? You know, and I, I'm just, it's up to him. I'll, I'll pay. I love Frankie. I'll support whatever he does. I just don't want to see him. Like that, that was hard to watch, man. Adam, you're saying he don't got it. That's bullshit. I don't Thank know. You. Not, Thank you. Someone's helping me out. I like, I like, I like your buddy. That's, that's <laughs> no, that's like saying, okay, so if you get, okay, if you get knocked out and then the next fight, it doesn't mean that you're not a bad fighter. You got caught. Get the fuck out of here, man. Right, Frankie, you, you know he's one of my out. favorite fighters. I don't want I know, I but he's one of my favorite fighters. You know that. Of course. I don't I don't want to see uh, okay, fine. Then fucking be, knock him out again. We'll just keep everyone just knock him out. Oh, right, no, but he had a good fight. He had a good fight with Pedro. That he went five fives with Pedro. That was a good fight. That was a good fight. Uh, you no, know, it was a good fight. He he outstruck Pedro landed more significant strikes and he landed the more volume. And I see why they gave the judges gave it to him in that fight. But yeah, you're I right. Mean, I just I, I mean I, when you look you look at a perspective fighting who who we want to fight right. I'm on a loss. Who else is on a loss? And who has a huge name? And, and Frankie has a huge fair, name. He's a legend. I wouldn't even know if I had a loss though. It's almost like that was a win in some weird fucking way. That was a that was a win. It was I, like no because you gained more people. My boy, my boy was like that dude is that dude is a monster. And it, thank it, you. So so you can't like to me sometimes you could lose and be like. You yeah, end up I almost in would rather have your fight. I would almost no disrespect to Aljamain, but I'd rather have your loss than Aljamain's win in a lot of ways. Uh, now, oh, let's, definitely. Let's, let's talk about that because you fought both those guys, and you hit mute, Adam. You hit mute, Adam. I, I, I like muted myself. Look, and I, I, I told Aljamain, I'm like, listen, you're, you're my buddy. Stop listening to fucking people. You got nothing to prove except to yourself and your family and your friends. Like. It's really, that's all that matters. You know, like stop caring about the whole fucking world because you got to focus, you, you know, let's, let's win this rematch. But what do you think about what happened with Aljamain? Listen, what happened with him, he got needed in the head. And if you're a coach, and me and my coach spoke about this, it, it, was, it was the right call not to continue. He was down, he got needed in the head. It was a bad knee. Fight another day. You know what I mean? Do a rematch right away. Um, did I know or did anybody know he was going to get the belt for that? No idea. I think everybody was kind of shocked with that. But I think, like you were saying, he really dug his whole his grave in a way. He he kept trying to fight all these battles on social media, and everybody's talking stuff, and you know he's saying stuff you know about the promotions stuff too as well in social media and, and interviews he's doing. Bro, just just say, listen, it's not how I wanted to win. I got the belt, but we're gonna run it back. I look forward to seeing Jan in the in the octagon three or four months from now. You know, that's it. But him trying to battle it, like DC gave him good advice. My wife's in marketing. We sat down and big, what would be the best marketing tool we would do? You know, what would we, what would we say? Like, we, we talked about like doing marketing stuff for myself. I'm like, I'm not good at talking shit. I'm going to bust some people's balls that I'm friends with that I know well. But I'm like, I'm just going to do me. I'm going to be, you know, that martial artist that I've always been. Well, with Sterling, he's good, at without, he's good with those little antics and stuff. But this whole thing and what happened afterwards, like even him getting on the mic and talking for long, like, I thought he would get on the mic and be, listen, not how I want to win, but we're going to run it back. I'm going to go to the hospital now, make sure I'm okay. But he just kept going on and on and on and on. You know, at a point, he needs a marketing. He needs someone to help him with marketing and yeah, PR because that would help him a like, lot. Even the whole thing with Dana calling out Cejudo, it's like, bro, that is going to look like 
Yeah, he called out he called out Henry. I'm like, bro, you got Jan still to fight. You got to fight that rematch. I go, it, it's right now. What he needs to do is get his head good, get ready to fight that rematch. Look at the first three and a half rounds and see what he could have done better and fix that in his game plan. Yeah, what do you everything went wrong? Because you fought Aljamain and you fought Jan. What do you think it was that he just nothing was working for Aljamain? Was this an off night or what do you think? So. So I went. I spoke about this in a couple of interviews. I said, people underestimate Jan's wrestling. Jan can wrestle. And I know that because I went on a pretty deep shot and he just defended it well. I'm like, oh, this motherfucker can wrestle. He's not bad. You watch the fight. Jan was taking him down at will. He was catching his kicks, taking him down at will. No offense to Sterling, but he can't punch. He doesn't have a puncher's chance. He's a great wrestler, a great at jiu-jitsu. But you got someone else that's good at wrestling, Jan. Same thing with my fight. Like, I was able to take him down. I was able to get on top of him a couple of times, but I didn't do shit with it. And that's my, my, my personal problem that I didn't do stuff right in the camp and the weight cut and stuff like that. But let alone say, like, he got in there. He was trying to do everything Sterling. And I saw it. He was trying to keep the pressure. Let alone he was keeping that volume up. But to keep that volume up in that first and second round is very hard. And he was dead tired in that fourth round. You don't know how much weight he's cutting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if he's cutting a lot of weight, then it's going to kill him in those later rounds, those championship rounds. And Jan, he was very comfortable. He blocked really well. I actually like what he did. The way he defended, I loved – he was catching the legs and taking – he was taking Sterling down at will. And he was defending – he was wrestling better than Sterling was wrestling. Well, that was what, he has to, what he has to do, he's got to go back. He's got to work on – I mean, that's a – listen, that's a hard fight because at the end of the day, I fought both of them. I probably gave Jan his hardest fight in the UFC. You know what I mean? I won good, not trying to brag or be, you know, be a dick about it. I won a good 14 minutes and 30 seconds of the fight. Yeah. And I literally lost like 30 seconds of the fight. Yeah, at yeah. the end of the first round, I got caught. At the end of the second round, like a flash knockdown. I was surprised that it was just, even if it was a flash, they gave him the round. But okay. But you got to be able to have some boxing, to be honest with him. You got to be able to go. And I think another person that gave him a good fight was Aldo until the, to the championship rounds. Aldo's coming down a lot in weight. He's cut a lot of weight. So when it got to that fourth round, Aldo didn't lose because he wasn't good. Aldo lost because his gas tank was done. What was crazy about Aldo was that he wrestled Roman Bravo Young, who just won the Big Ten Championships last year. They had a wrestling match three weeks ago or a month ago, and Aldo lost by like two points. And I'm like, oh, his wrestling is going to be fucking. I, I, I wrestled Roman. Roman actually's trained with us a lot. Roman is really fucking good. He's smaller, but he's really good. He's very smooth. But you got to you got to remember, like it's it's one thing to wrestle, and it's one thing to do MMA. Yeah. Now you're a wrestler. Now you're dealing with strikes coming at you. So if you have a hard time bobbing and weaving and defending those strikes, then hitting your shot, it's tough. He he's got to work better setups with his shots. That's his thing. You got to work yeah. on better setups. You got to be comfortable there. You can see he was over anxious. I I think he was over anxious in those first two rounds. So he was just throwing, doing so much. Where he needed to calm down a little bit, take it yeah, back. Like a video game, you play every, you press every button as I want. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Exactly. And then, yeah, I, I think Yah knew what he was doing with the knee to the head. My personal, you're, you're a championship. You know the rules. They go over always what a down opponent is. You're there. You see that he's getting frustrated because Stone's trying to play that jujitsu game. And he's like, you know, he looks in his corner. Yeah, he says one person says kick, one person says punch. One person says, yeah, because they go over everything, what they were saying about it. He needs him right in the head. I mean, how do you not see that his knee is down? 
but he won every you know race. I mean? so, I mean, yeah, but he, I mean, he didn't look like he needed to do that. Like he looked like, yeah. I mean, now, do you think that uh, frustration sometimes, sometimes frustration will get to a fighter, and that and that sort of looked like it happened to him. He got frustrated. He looked at his corner, kind of ass, but I, I just think he was like, all right, like, at what you point, think it's okay? So, I'll also, do it. at what point do you stop throwing spinning elbows? Because you're just like every time he throw like it looked like a guy just he learned to move like um, like two weeks ago. And that's all he wanted to do. <laughs> but it was like, I know it's your new toy, but bro, it's. And he not, shouldn't what? have because his, bo- his he couldn't box with him. He couldn't box I'm, with him. I'm, 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 you know, when I fought, when I fought Sterling, what he did really well was distance. And I think maybe that's something he could do in the fight with, with Jan. Um, but the way Jan was and just comfortable, he was very relaxed and his hands were up. He was defending like really the well. He was hard. The way he was defending was bananas. He was it definitely- was great because you don't know what Sterling's going to throw. Sterling just throws all, a whole bunch of other shit. But do you have to worry about getting punched by Sterling? No, not at all. Like, Sterling hit me one good time. It's because I didn't see the spinning back fist, spinning arm that was coming. I was like, oh, shit. Like, he just, you don't know what he's going to throw. So I, I like what Jan was doing with Sterling. But nothing against Sterling, not trying to be a dick, but he, if I was him, I would literally spend a good two months, three months before his fight, just straight up boxing, working boxing every day, and then all his other shit as well. But just power, like, you really focusing on boxing. Do you think you could teach power? You could teach power. You could, but does he, does he have it? Like, I know people that train. Um, one person comes in mind a lot where that person had unbelievable jujitsu and had that grappler strength but if you ask the person if you ask her to throw a punch in the bag you can see that punch coming a mile away you could have a whole ice tea before it would hit the bag and it wasn't exploded <laughs> so sorry, it, de- it, de- it depends on sorry man it depends <laughs> on your, your fast twitch your, your muscles how they are how they're made what you train so much in he trains so much in jujitsu and all that that he might not have that explosiveness. That explosiveness. He might need time to develop it. Why don't you call and him? Just, why don't you make it like Rocky Three, right? Or Sterling comes to you, and you'll be his like his Clubber Lang, right? <laughs> or no, his Apollo. And you'll teach what him. the? Like, no. You know like, well, remember, remember, like Rocky Three when he lost to Mr. T, and he came back. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like, why? I know you what you're talking up? about. Like, come on. What? You know, it'll be like the woke one because this time Rocky's black and, and you're white. I'm t- what, 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 no, nobody's in there. I'm saying like woke that. That's a horrible script. That's Listen, a horrible man, script. That could happen one day. That could happen one day when I retire, but I'm still fighting. I'm oh, going to have to fight him again. Right. Right. I, I, think that, I think that you, John, you were to all the way to the end were in his motherfucking grill. Oh, yeah. That's the truth. So you know what I, out of you know everybody, what you, it would be you. Yeah. You know what I fucked up with Jan? It was a hard lesson learned. It was uh, don't coast the last 15, 20 seconds. So I was like, oh, I won this round. Let me chill. Boom, got hit. Motherfucker, get back up, yeah. wrestle, end the round. I'm like, fucking shit. And I, I really couldn't believe that uh, they gave him both the rounds just for the one shots each. And I could see if I got hit and I didn't know where the fuck I was at and I was still fighting, but I got hit, dropped to knee or like a flash knockdown, I call it. I got back up and kept going. Um, I definitely fucked up his shoulder in that fight. I remember him getting surgery. Because uh, they said he was out for a little bit of surgery. I remember doing like a hard wizard on him and must have fucked up his shoulder. He got surgery right afterwards. Wow. Um, but, you know, man, Jan's tough. Jan's a good striker. And, I, you know, when it came down to it, you saw his wrestling. It was very underrated and people didn't, didn't think. I, you know, I, I, my only way if Sterling was going to win, it was going to get him down. And if Sterling's got to work on something, I'd work on your hands and the best way to set up your takedowns. 
you know? Officer Rivera, it was an honor to have you. Officer uh, Rivera, exactly. Uh, no, man, you gotta, call me, you gotta call me Deputy Chief. Deputy DC. Chief Rivera. Deputy Chief Rivera. <laughs> and, uh, and, and listen, and tell your dad next to you, thank you for his service as well. Oh, my um, goodness. You are uh, really going there. You know what's so funny? That's me in like 21 years, though. This is hilarious. I appreciate it. <laughs> That's, we're, we're, we get along so we have the same fucking mentality. It's funny. Cool. <laughs> both you guys, both you guys, thank you so much, man. And uh, no, hey, when are you when are you uh, going on tour again? I'm back in never. Jersey. Yeah, no, I'm back in Jersey in uh, in May. You better text me and let me know so I can come. I absolutely will. You and your beautiful wife. Thank you guys. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. All right, man. Be one. safe, man. Yeah. You too. Nice. Good luck with everything, guys. Thank you. Definitely. That guy's he's a badass, man. I honestly, I, I like what you said, uh, but but I think Sterling, if he if he does the rematch. I think he's going to lose. I don't know. I think the first one went so bad for him uh, that I think he's got so much to learn. I can't see him doing worse, honestly. Like, that was the worst. I like Aljamain, but that, he's so much better than what I saw him there. Uh, you think it was the nerves? It was um, – that's under. The, that's a big, big light on you right has, then. I think he moved his camp from Jersey to uh, – from Long Island to Vegas. He's got a new, bunch of new coaches. I think he was trying too much. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think the kid's great. I think he's amazing. I don't, I don't, and I think he'll do better. I don't know if he'll win, but I can't, I mean, I, I, one judge had him winning the fight. I was like, I, I can't see him winning a round. Maybe the first round. No, he, he won. He won at least one round. Maybe he won the first round, but he was getting like dropped, taken down, put on his back. I mean, that was not the Aljamain Sterling that I know he's capable and that we've seen in the past. And Peter Yan is that good. So I'm, I know people are like, you're hating on Peter Yan. You're not giving him the credit, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I'm not, not, no disrespect Peter Yan. He's amazing. Right now, I have him as the champ. I honestly think he's the legitimate champ. You are know? you serious? I don't think that was, that's a win for Aljamain. I, 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 mean, I got you. That's or, what or you're saying. Nobody, like, or maybe nobody's. But, but, he, but he threw the knee, and that's the rules. I was I, going back and forth on UFC, yeah, on, on but, Facebook. Yeah, okay, but it was it, – I didn't see Aljamain winning that fight if he hadn't thrown the knee. He wasn't – Oh, know. if he wouldn't – yeah, you're right. I agree. I agree. Okay. But, but I think that what it does is it sets him up for more money. That's what I, I said that too. It sets him up more money, next fight, even though I think he's going to lose the belt. I really and do. I know people and, on YouTube got mad that I said – and my inner warrior wouldn't let me win like that. I don't know what would happen, okay, if I'm in that situation. Okay, obviously, I've never been as good as Aljamain was in anything at MMA, and, I, and who knows? I would like to believe that I wouldn't want to win like that, but who knows? I was, I, I, I'd also be concussed and got knee to the fucking head. Who knows what decisions I'm going to come up with? So yeah. leave, me, leave me alone. I'm fucking trying. All right, <laughs> so here we go. We got, we got Mikey Gordon here. This guy Mikey right here Gordon. is uh, – have you ever met Mikey Gordon, Shane? No, Mikey Gordon, when I see his face, I'll, I'll right. see you. Mikey yeah. Gordon is a hilarious comedian, indie wrestler, uh, and movie star now. He came up with a movie. This guy, so I, I booked this guy at the Dime Bar, and he was hilarious. He's one of these dudes that, like, he just has that, like, that it factor where he doesn't give a fuck if he's in front of two people or 5,000. He puts on a show, right? So we became friends. So he invites me to this independent wrestling event that he's boxing another comedian in. And it's during, ah. the, it's during the pandemic. My wife's already pissed at me that I, I like go down to this thing, right? So I drive down to San Diego. It's in like a, a warehouse. Right? There's like all these people in a warehouse. Uh, and the wrestlers 
I'm backstage. They all have their gimmicks. They're fighting with the crowd. The crowd's coming like, fuck you, motherfucker. They're cursing them back out. I don't know what's fake, what's not. It's like insanity. Then halfway through it, they have a fire eater. A fucking, a chick that like, the halftime show. What? Yeah, they had a woman that was like blowing fire in everyone's faces. I'm like, this is what you want during a pandemic when you, they're telling everyone to wear masks. Not only, we're taking the oxygen out of the fucking room. Like, I'm worried this is going to be a fucking, a great white concert where the fucking whole thing blew up. I literally was hanging out in the back of the fucking, I, I left the room. I'm like, I'm le- I was in the back. I'm like, tell me when the fire's out, right? Then fucking, he goes out there and there's a comic that was, they got into a feud. They used to open for each other. I don't know what the deal is. He's like, I'm going to box you. The guy comes in and I interview the guy. I'm like, have you boxed for? He's like, oh yeah, when I was 11, but I'm going to fuck this guy up, right? I'm like, so he comes out, he comes out in a fucking, a casket, right? He comes out in a casket, hops out, starts rapping. He has his own rap song. Uh, it's a 20 minute intro. The guy comes out, he knocks the fuck out of the guy out in eight seconds with a jab, right? Then the guy comes up, the guy's concussed. The guy goes, wrestling's fake and you guys all fucking suck. Then he goes, he takes the mic, goes, get the fuck out of here. Kicks him out. His wife kicks him out. The place goes ballistic. Uh, I've never seen anything like it before. Uh, and that was my experience with Mikey Gordon. That sounds like some rock star shit, man. Mikey, tell, uh, Mikey, what, what am I missing with this story? Oh, uh, can, can you hear me real well on this speaker? Is this good? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, man. Um, you know, I've been, uh, my mom was an independent pro wrestler back in the late 70s. I've watched all the WrestleManias. I've been an independent shitty wrestler for 20 years. And uh, I seem to get myself into a bunch of stupid business ventures. The most recent of which is this the movie that, uh, that I had booked you for that I, I, I spent most of my life savings on. And it's called a pro wrestling movie, The Legend of Dirty Ron. And it's just like, it's a story of me as a professional wrestler. But who cares about that? Let's talk about this fight. This fight was, it was a long time coming. We were friends. You know, we were friends. And like, you know, we opened his shitty fucking shows for each other. You know, I took him to shitty mics on the road, whatever the fuck. You know, so this guy was like talking all this shit. And I was like, dude, like, I know you think I'm a fake wrestler, but like, I, I can actually hold my own. Let's box. Let's make this fun. Let's make, a, let's make some money off this. So we put it on a little fucking uh, live stream for like 20 bucks. Sold a couple hundred of them. It was dope. Uh, and then it was over in 46 seconds because I came in there to train for real. As a fake wrestler, I came to train to box this guy. And, uh, and people told me he was training to box. And, you know, fucking... It was over real quick. It was over real quick. The dancers was great, but Adam, you were fucking incredible. You were great on the film. Um, it's been, you know, it's great to know you, Shane. I've 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 heard and seen you around for fucking for a hot minute now, long time. Uh, pleasure to be on here with you guys. Long time fan of the podcast and fucking. It's just but, it's uh it's, it's awesome sitting here and watch you guys talk MMA. No, but it was it was hilarious. First of all, but you made it seem like you were in training, like you were taking videos of you sm- taking bong hits drinking right. you had a big beer gut uh but then you came out there just ripped shredded uh but you had, you were like pacing around the room for nine hours before the fight uh i had to t- and then you were also running the thing you were instructing everybody yeah. um halfway through it the power went out uh you had to have a, a guy with a generator that you had to, i think you called some mexican dude that came and fixed everything uh it, it was insanity <laughs> You call, what you call humanity? What? Was that? What, what, why did you guys get into beef? What, I mean, what made you get to the point where it's like, 
I might have to knock your ass out. I mean, what? Yeah. You know, uh, Shane, you're you're a big guy. Adam, you're a wrestler. You know, like we, in the comedy world, sometimes people like. Okay, let me back up. In wrestling and in fighting, you don't talk shit to your other friends unless they're your friends, and you know there's this like, hey, I could really kill you if I wanted to, sort of vibe. And sometimes comedians get this, oh, I'm funny, so I'm, I can talk shit to anybody, and they don't know when the lines crossed. And it really came down to it, and that, that's what it was. It was disrespectful in a way that I'm like, hey man, I, there's a line, and the world I come from. You know, hey, man, if you fucking go the wrong way, I'm going to just put you in a hole real quick and break that arm real quick. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but it was a bet. We we were all fucked up in Vegas, you know, drinking, smoking, doing whatever, after a couple of fucking shitty bar shows. And he goes, I bet you I can do double the amount of pull-ups you can do. And I was like, Chris, you can't do half the amount of pull-ups I can do. So, fucking, I rail the line, go downstairs, jump on the fucking pull-up bar. I, I bust out 28 hey, pull-ups. Wait, 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 you did cocaine before this? Yeah, hell yeah, why not? You know, okay. goddamn it. Right. Yeah. Get pumped up. No, uh, who knows what's real and who knows what's not. Anyway, I get up there, I do all these pull-ups, and fucking, you know, uh, 28 of them, and he can't even do, like, 12. So he owed me $20, and then that's where the beef came from. $20. <laughs> so, so I made a couple thousand dollars for pay-per-view, and the $20 bet, you schmuck. Uh, and I embarrassed the fuck out of him, so it was great. No, you knocked him down with a jab. Uh, your first jab landed, and then he was out. He was completely out. He didn't know where he was, uh, which I couldn't believe he actually said wrestling's fake and you guys all suck, and then ran out of the arena. The guy's name is you Chris. You know, right? so. Espinoza, you know, like, because, hey, man, I have a respect for boxing. I have a respect for fighting. I have a respect for everything that I've ever done, especially if I don't know what the fuck I'm doing when I get in there. So for him to have the balls to actually train or whatever he did, to get in the, to get in the ring and actually fight somebody when you're in your mid-30s and never fought before, that takes some courage. And that's what I said to him afterwards. I was like, Chris, even though we don't like each other, good on you for fucking getting in there, man. You had balls. And then he took the mic and said, wrestling's fake, fuck you guys. And I was like, hey, man, <laughs> now I really you know. But it was in front of all wrestling fans. He said wrestling's fake. And then uh, well, everyone, this guy just, he deserved to get knocked out then. Well, everybody's you know doing them. But it was, it was one of the most – and then, like, there were all these guys with, like, dad bods. Like, they were wrestlers. And they were doing crazy flips. And the, but then at one point, which is where I kind of had to stop. I, I was really into it. Then these guys started stapling each other's heads. They took a staple. And they had mouse traps, right? They had like 50 mouse traps on a table, and a guy took another guy and put him on the table, and all the mouse traps went off. And, and then people were like gushing blood, and I'm just and I'm filming this, and I'm showing my wife, and my wife's angry because I'm like, look what I saw today, and she's like at a kids party with my with my daughter, and I'm like, no, but look at the mouse traps, and like she didn't talk to me for like three days, like this is what you're risking our lives for during a pandemic. I'm like, but but those guys were like, I give you guys so much credit because. They don't look like they can do flips and fucking mouse traps and all this other. And these are, they're great athletes. Like, holy shit. Yeah, it's, uh, well, Adam, you know, like sometimes heavyweight wrestlers, you look at them and they may look unassuming, but it's like, what, what muscle mass is underneath that? You know, right. and, wrestlers, you know, professional wrestlers, there's, I have, I have so much respect for what wrestlers do. And that, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to promote the movie, Hala, but the reason that I, you know, I wanted to show, showcase, wrestlers in the film that I did a pro wrestling movie is that wrestlers do have a lot of talent outside of the ring. We're doing comedy, improv, stunts, 
you know, uh, drama, all that in one take in front of an audience 360 degrees around us in our sweaty underwear, you know? So, like, there, I, there's a lot of respect, and I think that wrestlers have a lot of, of things to show outside of the ring. What does The Undertaker do on a Tuesday? What does John Cena do on Thursday? And that's what, you know, I want to showcase. Now, how did you get so good at wrestling? Did you go to wrestling camp or did you train or like, did you go to like a school? Absolutely. You know, um, and when people are like, oh, I just want to get in there and wrestle one match, you know, I think, you know, and honestly, like it, you have to train so much because it's like a dance. You got to learn the dance because so many professional wrestlers, one small move the wrong way from a guy that's been doing it every day. Somebody could be paralyzed. Somebody could die. You know, uh, so you kind of got to know what you're doing. And I run a little training in San Diego. We do comedy shows on the weekend and wrestling on the weekend. Katie Quigley's going to be here this weekend. Sam Tripoli's coming here next month. I got, you know, I definitely got to get you guys down to this spot. But, you know, um, I forgot where I was going. I got off. No, did, no so, uh, so you actually run a camp? You, you actually train wrestlers? Yeah, for sure. You know, I've been wrestling for 20 years. And it's, it's something you got to learn. You, know, you got to learn how to fall. Your whole life, you've learned not to fall. So you got to learn how to fall correctly, how to not get hurt doing that, and how to think on your feet if some shit goes fucked up because you can't stop. Oh, cut. Let's, let's reshoot right, that. Right, you know, right, like, right, right. <laughs> yeah. You got to yeah, keep going. Fought, I fought three, two, 300 pound dudes over the weekend. You know, like, are you fucked? You know, but what I'm saying, like, you, you have a dude, you're picking them up, you know? Now, did uh, you work with uh, Chris Levin? You guys work together? Yeah, uh, I've had him involved in a couple shows down here. Um, you know, I think it was right before he started back up, back up with Bare Knuckle Fighting that uh, we were discussing getting him in to wrestle. Um, and he came down to a couple shows, did a couple things in ring with some of our wrestlers. And then BKFC started taking off. And um, he lives right here in Ocean Beach, where I, I run my little school, uh, Ocean Beach, San Diego. So I, I hope to get the cripple out here again. Uh, wrestling's a great way for fighters to showcase what they've got you know now there was a guy that you're so good at cutting promos like holy fuck like i learned a lot that week i mean i for i mean the fact that you were like boxing somebody you were fighting somebody you, you never who, who knew how good of a fighter he was you know you were running the promotion you were wrestling in the promotion and you were in charge of like ticket sales there was they were selling marijuana downstairs i think they were selling edibles uh, okay Are you Okay, they were allegedly selling that marijuana. Was a move there, Adam. They were allegedly that was selling a marijuana downstairs. There was you were doing ticket sales. You were doing the marijuana. You were in charge of the pay, you were in charge of the pay per view. You had to do the numbers. You were writing the promo. I mean, you were doing all this shit while cutting promos. I'm like, and you got your wife there. You got your friends. You got wrestlers that are coming in. Some people are late. Some of them are not. The other your other your partners yelling at people. Like it's like all this shit going on. I'm like. Dude, you, you're, you're, and you're fighting. You're wearing like 30 fucking hats. And I was like, wow. Like, it was like, it was pretty cool to see, you know, and obviously you're passionate about it. So that's, that's, that helps. But uh, man, it, like you're not, I wouldn't say you're bad at delegating things, but holy fuck, you had put it all on yourself. You know, it's, uh, well, you found me in a weird spot because we just had recently started a new class of students. So my new students weren't really, um, you know, they weren't all up to date on what to do. So now over the last few months since that fight, we were able to delegate a lot of things. But hey, what are you talking about, Adam? You're what you're the biggest hustling dude out there. I know. You, but, you hustle. You do hustle, man. I do hustle, but it was but it's a different kind of hustle, but I hear you. But then after you won, 
you cut a promo. So I guess there's a wrestler that I used to be a fan of. I thought the guy was pretty funny because the guy basically would make other wrestlers grab his penis and then he would like move his hip and, and then like his penis would like take people out. That was, he had like the, this, it was the gayest funny, like Shag, it was, it was pretty funny. And, yeah, like, and women, I don't know what, but like women were grabbing his penis. The guy, the guy would swing his cock and knock people out with his cock. Like I swear. And I guess. Are you sure you were watching a promo cut or something But I else? guess when the Me Too thing happened, I bought the guy's t-shirt. It's an independent. I have a shirt from the guy. So then uh, when the Me Too thing happened, I guess all these people came out and said he did some fucked up shit to them. I don't really know the whole story, so I'm allegedly blah, blah, blah. But Ron wants to fight him or Mikey. I don't know if I should call you Dirty Ron or Mikey. And you keep calling this guy out. Tell me what's going on with you and this guy. Well, okay, so inside wrestling, we all have to trust each other. You have, to, you have to literally trust your life in the hands of somebody that you might have met 20 minutes ago. And that's one of the reasons you have to be trained in order to be a professional wrestler is that you have to basically be certified. It's more than just like, oh, this comedian's funny, cool. No, you have, to, you have to trust somebody's fucking life in your hands. So, you know, like, I don't really want to talk on the allegations, but there were a fucking lot of them. And this guy, he was supposed to be a proponent like he was. What's his the name? Face. What's his name? Joey Ryan. Joey Ryan. Um, Joey Ryan, and he's supposed to be the face of intergender wrestling. Like he was the major proponent for guys and girls not only wrestling each other, but guys and girls tag teaming and wrestling other, you know, other tag teams. He was like he was the male face of women's integration in like the women's revolution in wrestling. So like he is the fucking poster boy for women's wrestling. Okay, and then. Whatever happened, whatever happened, I know for a, here's what I know for a fact. We were at a show in San Diego about two years ago. My wife was on the show in the women's locker room because that's where women change. I'm in the men's locker room because that's where men change. However, Joey Ryan, who was on the show, was in and, and walking naked around the women's locker room. Weird. 2019. Weird. Very weird. This is a, I booked the guy. So, like, it was just like, okay, that's odd, right? Okay, you know, whatever. Okay, you're, you're friends with women, but that's a little odd. All right. And then a year later comes, and then fucking a bunch of people are saying some fucked up shit. And that's like, oh. Uh. So if this fucking predator thinks that he's going to come back into professional wrestling and be in like, I don't care who books the guy. If we're supposed to trust this guy, like, I'll fly myself to whatever podunk shithole fucking books just dump up and I'm gonna knock his dick so hard his fucking mustache hits the dirt, all right? Like, <laughs> he, does, he does not deserve to be in wrestling. He, he has made his living off of wrestling and there's no way that wrestling can let him make a living off of it anymore after may or may not have been a predator. So, you know, like, whatever. Fuck, so you, fuck so that, you, dude. Yeah, so you've been calling him out. Has he responded? Absolutely not. So, you know, I'm on the Wrestling Observer podcast tomorrow, and uh, that's the, the number one wrestling podcast. So I'm going to slip that one in there. Got it, uh, got it, got it. So, no, uh, he was just – You know, ahead. you said there's a lot of allegations. So a, a combination of the allegations plus the shit he did walking around the women's uh, locker room, doesn't that kind of confirm that he's kind of uh, a creepoid? I mean, you know, like, I I'm telling you, more than double digits of women had stories that they came out with. So who knows the stories that weren't cut with, that didn't come out, um, you know, like, uh, speaking out in, in, in professional wrestling, because it is weird. It is, you know, you are almost naked, you know, in there grinding up against 
you know, people that you may or may not know, who, whatever sexual orientation it is, you know, that, that's their own prerogative. But, you know, if, if you can't trust the people that you're in there with your life, you know, and being on the road or being in a, in a hotel room alone with them or being in a car alone with them, then, like, get the fuck also, out of the business. Didn't people not want to wrestle him because they didn't want to grab his cock? I, I booked him a lot, and I never booked myself against him because I, I did not want to touch the guy's cock, correct? <laughs> but he, people liked it, so I was like, fuck yeah, book right? You know, like, people right. liked it. Oh, it's fucking hilarious. Like, it, it, like people have seen this clip. It, it's pretty fuck. It's viral. Like, the story, here's the story. So he was wrestling in Japan, and this Japanese wrestler would grab Japanese wrestlers' dicks, and they're, they're small dicks, right? So they, he was like, oh, look, I got your dick. Uh. But then this Japanese guy wrestled Joy Ryan, the American with the big dick, and he grabbed Joy Ryan's dick, and his dick was big American dick, so it was so powerful that he was like, look at my big dick, and then he flipped him over with his dick. So that clip wasn't even his move. It was, it was the other guy's that he reversed, and it went viral. So he was like, fuck it, I'm, I'm living off this. He stole the dick move. What a dick move. Now, <laughs> now, okay, so you write this movie, right? You write this movie, and I read the script, and I was like, this is great. It's a great movie. It's hilarious. It's fun. It's, it's different. I never read anything like it before. You're starring in it. You're like, Adam, I want you to be in it. I'm like, dude, I'm in, bro. You're a, you're a hustler. I respect you. I, I Fucking, I love what you're about. I'm in. Then you, you're like, Rob Van Dam's in it. And uh, Jesus, uh, and, then, uh, who, and then other people are in it, right? Some, uh, some funny comedians. Uh, uh, who are some of the other Jeremiah, people? Who? Jeremiah Watkins, Frank, Jeremiah Watkins, Frank Castillo, they're both in it. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I comics, uh, you know, um, Eric Mack. Um, you know, I know he does some stuff up in LA. But the, 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 the whole message behind the movie is like, it's a movie for pro wrestling fans by pro wrestling fans. And we've hired over 20 current and former professional wrestlers from Victoria, former WWE women's champion, Katie Forbes, who's got a million followers for her twerking ass on Instagram. Uh, who's Rob Van Dam's wife. Uh, you know, um, Effie, who's the main protagonist. He's a big proponent of the LGBT community and, uh, you know, does a lot for those, uh, for the LGBTQ community inside of professional wrestling. That was important to me, too, is that getting a bunch of people that were self-made, is that people that made a name for themselves outside of a major wrestling company or outside of a major comedy conglomerate. You know, Adam, I know you, you, put, out, you put out a pilot. I've seen, I've seen your fucking the ambush comedy shit. Like, fucking people that go out there and hustle and try to make a name for themselves and don't rely on, hey, look, I did enough work to get me there. Let the producers make it happen. You know, like, I, I wanted to be with hustle. Right, so I did it. It was it was hilarious. We had a great day of shooting, and I'm like, I saw the first couple of days of shooting. I'm like, dude, this is awesome. So we ran out of money. Right? Is that what happened? Well, okay. So it was basically independent wrestling, and if you've ever seen independent wrestling, it's shot with like a couple cameras and a couple lights. So coming from the indie wrestling world, that's what I thought we were gonna do. The director is a good friend of mine who shot a lot of wrestling. So we thought, hey, fucking. Ten, fifteen thousand dollars, run and gun. Let's shoot this thing. Let's put together a fucking movie that indie wrestling fans will appreciate. It's never going to make Netflix. It's never going to make Hulu. But that's not our plan. It's we want to give wrestling fans wrestling shit. But then it was like, all right, well, let's add a lighting guy. Let's add a fucking, you know, let's add a, an actual, you know, a DP. Um, let's let's get some good camera equipment on there. And then it went from a ten thousand dollar project to a fifty thousand dollar project. And uh, you know, I, I'm not made of money, so I ran out of money. Be getting all these extra angles and coming in not prepared 
uh, got us to where we're at. But hey, I didn't know how to box before last October either. So okay, no, I, the funniest is I, I walk into the set and they're like, there's like a you, you know in, in like the scene you guys are smoking weed and then all of a sudden there was like a timeout and I'm like what's the matter and I'm like the crew got upset because everyone's getting too high because uh, you guys were using okay we can't talk about that all right we'll, we'll cut this part out oh, oh. <laughs> no fine I was just saying like how stupid is that like we're just a stoner comedy we're getting high. <laughs> So it was hilarious. So we're like, okay, uh, this, anyway, so how much money do we need to complete the film? Well, um, realistically, our Indiegogo has a $50,000 limit, and we're, we're trying to get as close as we can to that. Realistically, what Indiegogo does, is it gives you all your money regardless if you reach your goal or not. So the closer we get to that goal, um, I think regardless that the wrestling community is going to support this thing, small as $10 donations getting on here. And, you know, uh, I think it's going to. And regardless, even if it, we don't hit our goal, I'm not going to stop hustling. I'm going to finish this movie, and I'm going to keep making wrestling-related movies for a long time to come. You know, like uh, Blake Troop, who's, you know, an MMA fighter. I got him in there, and I'd love to get more MMA guys. Like, because fighting and fighters, they have so much to offer outside the ring. Look at, look at, you know, let's bring it back to MMA. You know, like all the best guys in MMA knew how to talk. Like they had pro wrestling characteristics inside of them. So the people that do that in the fighting world, they need to be showcased outside the ring, man. They got more to offer than a couple of pop, pop, pops, you know? Fucking, let's, go, let's get everybody out there and show, show everybody what the world can do, you know, inside the fighting it. world. No, I You're right. Conor, Ma Conor McGregor is the one, I think, that. Well, really? Well, that I think, shit I talking and All right. So, well, I think Muhammad Ali. Uh, so where can I donate? If people watching this, where can I go to to help get this movie made? At a pro wrestling movie, all over social media, a pro wrestling movie.com, um, Indiegogo. I mean, you search hashtag Dirty Ron movie, hashtag a pro wrestling movie. Um, it, it's pretty easy to find um, if, if you're looking for it. You know, we're just, we're just trying to get it out there to as many, you know, and many people as we can, many pro wrestling fans, many stoners, you know, um, and, uh, and have the community support it. And now, listen, I got to say, your wrestling event was amazing. Like, I would go to that. If that was every week and I was free that night, <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would go to every week. I would, that was the most entertaining shit I've seen in a long time. Uh, your comedy is great. But, so if I live in San Diego and I want to go to your – event because you, you seem to be you do them every day or something every time i see you there's an event so yeah. when's this event so we put we put out a weekly episode of get fisted tv it's something i produce through the voiceovers i make funny commercials i just put out a donald trump's pro wrestling school commercial on last week's episode but each week we put out like a 20 minute episode of of our of our wrestling and we have live shows on the first and third saturday every month down here at the fuck house in san diego ocean beach funny <laughs> underground <laughs> I can, see if I can switch That's my camera awesome. around. See, there it is, the fuck house. The, oh. the fuck house. Uh, dude, you that, now, now, now you yeah, said we, after your fight, after you beat Chris Espinosa, who who uh, seemed like a nice guy, by the way. I, I seem to like the guy. I, uh, we, we we actually made. We, I, I actually reached after the fight. I reached out to him because I'm like, hey man, you got in there, keep your head up. And I, I think he was like, you know, he's not a bad guy. I just think that don't fight. Unless you're actually trained to fight, don't get into a fucking fight, okay? That, that's really the lesson here. Um, now, but you said all these comics were hitting you up wanting to fight you. Uh, yeah. 
who, who's your next fight going to be against? No, uh, I don't know, man. It, it is fun. It's addictive. Uh, it's addicting to get in there, you know, because it, like that when the bell rang, um, and like I, that was the first time I've been in a ring in 20 years where I didn't know what was going to happen for the next 20 minutes. You know, I was like, oh shit, like, oh shit, there's a real fight. You know, like, oh, let's get in there. Let's fucking do this thing. You know, um, yeah, uh, I would love to fight again. You know, we got, we have the ring down here at the fuck house. Uh, but I don't, I don't want to go out there and just fight anybody. I want to try to make some money and make it fun. You know, that's what I tried to do with Chris. I was like, Chris, we did these couple of interviews, couple of zooms. I was like, Chris, amp it up. I'm being an asshole. I'm coming in. I'm not trying to train. Look at me. I'm cool guy. I'm fucking, you know, slick Dick McGrick. And you know, like fucking, Hey man, like, like be sympathetic, Chris, you know, like, like let's make some money out of this. Let's build some sympathy. That's what wrestling and that's what comedy is. It's a manipulation of emotion. You know, and if we could have done that in the fight, if I can do that with anybody, if somebody's going to go out there and play the role of the opposite of what I'm trying to do, then let's fucking make some money. Let's go out there and fight for real, but let's go out there and make some money. You know, that's what the fight game is. If it was a fight so nice, I'd love to do it twice. If Chris was smart enough to make this decent where there was a reason for a second fight, why, do, why wouldn't we do it again? No, but, I, don't, I don't want to see that. No, it's not going to. I would have to say yeah. it has to be, I think they have to add another, another fighter, like Chris and somebody else against you. Like, <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not kidding. Are, are there other comedians? I'd love to host a, a comedy, like celebrity boxing kind of thing. But I honestly like, think like, if, Chris, if Chris and another comic that doesn't like you wants to fight you, that would have to make, that would only make a fair. I'm, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not even kidding. Or like two other comics. Cause I don't, I don't see any comics beating you. Like maybe Rogan or someone, but like as far as like he's a fucking Ron's a big dude. Like uh, and uh, I don't know, I I don't I don't see many comics. Maybe Briggs, Stephen Briggs is a boxer, but uh, I just see like you giving people a hard time. Like holy fuck, like I, would I, love I it. yeah, it was it was awesome. What? But but if you do it, you got to get with somebody that knows how to fucking promote and make some bread. End of the right. day, it's like talk some shit, get some cash. Yeah, that's what I. That's the way I see it. Yeah. Without a, you know, we had a capacity of uh, like eighty people at that warehouse, and we sold out all the tickets in two days. Uh, you know, um, and then we started selling pay per views, and I sold you know a little over two hundred of them to my friends and family, I guess, and you know whoever wanted to see it for twenty bucks. And you know, like, and I, we put together a really good promotion for the whole thing. There was, there, I did a fucking diss track, taped a music video. It was fucked. Like, I did a version of a WAP. I called him weak ass pussy. I was like, you know, and I was like, I'll, I'll fucking Molly WAP this mop. Fucking you a weak ass pussy. You know, I fucking wrote a whole diss track to him. Like, right. it was awesome. I'd love to do it again. It was great. It was so much fun. It gave me something different. And to do inside of wrestling, I love to create. I love, I love to make new shit and try new things. And, you know, sometimes you fucking get yourself into a into a hole, and you know, whatever, I'll dig it out. Well, listen, uh, Mikey, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, man, I, you're an inspiration like a mug, man. That is good <laughs> shit. No, no shit, man. It's like, yo, man, like, get, let's get after it and go out there and make some fucking loot. Chris probably didn't know how to really push it. Dude, if he would have pushed it, you could have made more loot. Dude, I don't think, I honestly, I heard he, like, didn't know where he was. Uh, for like like a couple hours afterwards, like he didn't even know what happened. Like Have it, you ever been knocked out, uh, uh, Adam? By a car? Uh, oh, I, I've been like, knocked uh, out. I've been uh, you get you get wheel kicked in the head. 
you, you don't know where you are for a couple days. Yeah, but <laughs> I, but but yeah, he should have at the end of the day, he should have said, you know what? Thanks for the opportunity. You know, I gave my best. Good job. Not wrestling's fake, and you guys are all idiots. Although that was fucking hilarious. I gotta say, like it was funny. It was awesome because I got to fucking knock his water bottle out and fucking be like, get the fuck out of here. And my wife grabbed him by the fucking back and was like, get the fuck out. It was, it was, but that was real. That wasn't like scripted. Like that, they really threw him out. Like, a hundred percent. Like, hey man, I had that speech ready because I felt like I, you know, the fight was going to go the way that I thought, the way that it did. And then I had that speech ready because I did have respect for Chris. I had respect for boxing and I respected it so much that I lost 12 pounds in the last three days to get down to weight for this thing. Uh, and, you know, I, I busted my fucking ass, got in the best shape of my life at 37 years old. And, you know, and I had a respect for that. I had a respect for Chris. And I told him that, you know, I had it all thought out. And, you know, I really did. And then he grabbed the mic and be a cunt and fucking be like, fucking wrestling's fake. And I hate it. You know, it's just like that cool. But you just got knocked out by a fake wrestler. So... So where can people, exactly. if, if people want to watch that event, where can they watch that event? It's called Brawl for It All. Brawl for It All. Uh, I hashtag your name in it. Uh, I hashtag Brawl for It All. At Fist Combat TV. You know, whatever. You know, it, I, I, I hate plugging my own shit because eventually I feel like I'm going to do enough shit that people are just going to find it on their own, you know? Uh, so, you know, like, whatever, man. You know, fucking, dude, Adam, Shane, dude, I... I I appreciate you guys for having me on this shit because just getting the word out, man, I don't care if five or 500,000 people are listening to me right now or ever. Um, I'm a goddamn entertainer, whether it's wrestling, boxing, comedy, fucking pulling my dick out and swinging around like a cartwheel. I don't give a shit. I'm out, I'm out here to have a good time. I'm motherfucking having people. Well, thank you very much, man. Take it here. Mikey, be good, brother. All right, Donna. Hey, what do I do? This? Thanks. Shane, can't wait to see you in person, man. Yo, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going out now, so I'm, I'll come down there for sure. That sounds amazing. All right. That was fucking hilarious. How funny is that guy? Hey, man, I like his energy, though. <laughs> come on. You like it. His energy is great. I like that guy. That guy's fucking – that guy kills me, dude. I, I, I'm like – it's like he has an infectious energy, but I'm like, what the fuck is going on right now between comics uh, fighting? <laughs> I was like, what? But, they, you know what? People actually – well, you've gotten it. We've gotten in fight with. I haven't got. You've gotten in physical confrontations with comics. I never. I've, I've gotten confrontations with audience members. Yeah. I've never fought a comic, but I have got. That, that, that audience was. It was one of the craziest, most surreal events, though. But that dude, I'm telling you, like, I have a. I've always liked wrestling, but like indie wrestling is a whole different thing. Like, like I used to go to WWF back when it was called that, and it was like super organized and like, you know, it was a. But this indie wrestling is like a. It's crazy. I mean, it, it's fun, but you're like, what is going on? Like, it's just, it's just. ADHD. It's more extreme. It's way more extreme. ADHD. It's like times. It's crazy. It's crazy. So, uh, but it, but it was, uh, yeah, that was fun though. Um, so anyway, I actually, uh, I asked you about high school before because I got in this. So I went to a place called Hyde School. I went to boarding school, which was like a school in Maine for kids who had too much energy. They needed to like refocus it. Uh, right. Everyone's parents threatened to send them to boarding school. My parents actually did send me to boarding school. My sister went there, and I'm thankful I went there. I was a lost kid. I was running away from the house. I was causing problems. I was getting into fights. I was getting bullied. I was bullying other kids. It was horrible. And then I went there, and it saved my life. But there's a group called, like, 
your ridiculous Hyde memories because the school is in Bath, Maine. And I've been joining, I've been like, I have all these recollections of things that happened to me in boarding school that I never share with anybody. But now I have a, because it was so out there. The school was like, you couldn't lie, steal, cheat, drink, have sex. If you got caught doing that, you'd wake up at 5.30 and do a crazy workout. You had to like eat by yourself. You had a proctor. You had to move rocks all what day. What is this? The handmade sale? What the you fuck? You had to move rocks all day. You, you, and then, like, you got two grades, one for your effort, one for your achievement, and then they average it together. Uh, this, this, I didn't learn that what I really should have learned in a lot of, like, things. I learned, like, character development. It was a character development school versus, like, I wish I would have learned more, like, science and math and accounting, but I learned how to be, like, a good person and to tell the truth, which is obviously better in the long run, right. you know. But uh, so some of the things that I've been posting, like, I don't know if people are going to enjoy this, but uh, I'm like, that time a faculty member stood up at a school meeting and announced, I have herpes to the entire school. I'm still not sure why I told everyone it was during announcements. So they used to have school meetings where, like, kids would talk about how they were, like, struggling with this or struggling with that or had image issues or where they were abandoned like these really deep traumatic experiences and, and he's got herpes yeah so a, a guy set up and goes i have herpes and it's it's hard to get dates and, and it was just fucking awkward like the kids were like huh like and, and then people did an impression of him for like three years because he had like a thick accent dude it was one of the funniest like but I'm like, why did he just tell me when he had herpes? Like, I was like 14. So that was like one thing I shared. Um, he goes, uh, another one I go, um, there, my senior year, there was a calculus teacher, right, who, uh, who was also giving school tours, right? So he could never make it to class. So he comes in and says, write a paper on anything and leaves. So for the next three weeks, I wrote a paper on the Ebola virus for calculus. Uh, I never even got the grade for it. But that's what I learned in calculus. So like, that was, I thought that was kind of funny. Like, that was another one. Um, it didn't matter how sick you were. What a weird school. It didn't matter how sick you were, what you were suffering from. The nurse would give you a Coca-Cola uh, and tell you that you didn't need to be on bed rest. So you could be like, you'd have a broken leg. You'd go in there and she'd give you a Coke. And, and then like 60 people were like, either like this or talked about how like, yeah, they went in there with like a fucking ankle. They gave you a Coke. Like this literally like, was what happened. Like, then I put like, uh, I go, oh yeah. And then I go, uh, my eighth grade year, the captain of the wrestling team told everyone the previous year they were on the wrestling van and they had oranges and they would share it with each other. And so they were all, they were all fingering an orange and they go, Whoa, this kind of like feels like a pussy. So the kid went home to the dorm, had sex with the orange and it like fell apart. He said it was terrible. So the whole season, everyone was like, Hey Jay and threw him an orange. Like, Hey, and then he got angry. <laughs> well, he's the one fucking oranges. So what? What did he expect? Then there was like kids in my class that like so they would get boners right in class you know your high school you get boner and they would oh, do, yeah. they would do dick push-ups right and kids would count how many dick push-ups they do so in the middle of, of Spanish class you hear a kid a kid yell forty two and you knew he just did it like forty like so like in the middle of Spanish kids would announce how many dick push-ups they did what kind of weird fucking school I I went to Wilkinsburg I went to uh, Brooklyn Tech. And 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 none of that should happen. But <laughs> other than deadly fights, that was the only thing I was because people were very like it was it, a fight could turn into oh shit he's gonna shoot up the whole playground. Dude, That's why was, I was like yeah I don't want to deal with that shit. The, the, then there was a kid, the toughest kid on this kid, the kid Joe Ferlot. I love the kid. He was like 19 years old as a senior, but he, he I think he had been in like 
he was from Oakland and he might have been in some gangs. But, like he was like he was like legit, like the toughest kid I ever met. Half black, freaking great, great kid. I loved him. But there was a time everyone and lacrosse, like they're like, everyone bring it in. That was like good practice, good practice. He goes, fuck that. That wasn't a good practice. But someone's like, yeah, it was. He goes, no, hell no. And then he threw down his helmet and goes, I'll fight this whole fucking team right now. And everyone just sat on a knee, including the coach, and was like, nobody wanted to fight this kid. <laughs> so like, like, Wait a minute. They could have jumped him. And they still no one wanted to be the first one getting knocked out. Like, yeah, eventually we would have gotten him, but he would have taken out three or four kids at once. <laughs> what kind of warrior fucking did – they, did they throw you guys in a pit? Lacrosse or die? I mean – Dude, then there were two kids. There were two kids in my school who were juniors, beyond obnoxious. They're the most obnoxious kids. At the end of the year, it came out that they were embezzling money from the local charity, the kids' charity. They were having sex with each other. They painted the staircase yellow, and they took a dump in the senior's book bag. And during study hall, the the kid that was proctoring reached in and got shit all over his hand. Uh, I never saw those kids again after that year. But that that. That real, that really you sound happened. like a bunch of delinquents. That's what you sound like. I feel like it should have been called the delinquents. That's, new, that's the name of your. That's the name of that script. The delinquents. Dude, then there was a kid on the wrestling team that wanted to get out of it. So because they made you wrestle. If you had a bad attitude, you were on the wrestling team. You had to play a sport every season, and it was usually the sport you didn't want to play. A kid got ringworm. Another kid paid that kid fifty dollars to give him ringworm, so he can get out of wrestling. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. My high school was not that exciting, and I think my pops wanted to keep me away from so much shit that I didn't didn't have as much fun as I, I now. When I got when I went to college, I said I'm gonna make up for all this shit. Yeah, that's what, <laughs> so, that's kind of what happens to every kid. So then my senior year, there was a curse jar in a lounge, right? Every time someone cursed, they put money in the jar. So within a week, someone stole all the money, right? So then everybody had to be up at three o'clock in the morning doing push-ups and sprawls and sprints and wall sits till they admitted they stole the money, right? For like an hour every night to the point where half the kids were like, I took the money, even though we know they didn't and nobody believed them. They just wanted to stop doing calisthenics. And then we never actually found out who, who, who took the money. Like, so that, that legitimately Have happened. you thought of writing a script for this? <laughs> I'm not joking. Dude, then, then there was a kid in my school who did a cartwheel in the middle of a school meeting followed by a two-hour debate on whether or not it was appropriate to do a cartwheel in the school meeting. Like, this actually, that, that legitimately happened. Then there was the time the wrestling team, we got sent to Nebraska for wrestling camp, right? So we got the shit beat out of them. They even said the first day, all state champions stand up. I stood up because I was a state champion. I was a main, like, state champion. I didn't realize that when you wrestle Nebraska state champions, and it's a whole different level. Because I got the right. – so, so the whole time, the counselor was like – the. Uh, the, end of the, the last practice is going to be the white flag practice. Practice from hell. Practice from hell. You're, we're going to break you guys. So that practice, I go to the bathroom, and I see someone on my team. I go, hey, what's up, you know, John? My entire team said, hi, Adam. They were all hiding in the bathroom stalls the whole practice. One kid took a book and read a book for two hours, right, in the bathroom stall instead of going to this practice. <laughs> then when there was like three seconds left, the kid put his head into the sink put water all over it, came out and did sprawls faster than everybody. And the guy was like, that kid wants it. Meanwhile, he was like. <laughs> he was a cheater. Fucking beyond the cheater. Then there was a time, uh, so the kids ran, every time the Grateful Dead came to Boston, 
30 kids would run away. At least 30 kids would follow the dead, come back, be put on work crew. So there was a time they had an LL Bean. You ever hear LL Bean, the store? So they had yeah. their, like, their factory store was in Brunswick, Maine. So a couple of kids ran away and lived in the tents that were in LL Bean for a couple of days till they got found out. Like on the third floor, they've had like tents, display tents. Kids were living there. What the <laughs> fuck? This was high school? This was high school. <laughs> then there was a time where like a kid kept shitting in the dorm in like the bathroom on the floor. We call him the phantom shitter, right? So they were like, you guys all have to do work out till somebody turns himself in. So a kid went to the dorm parent's door to turn himself in, got nervous, took a shit on the front patio, ran away. And so he took a shit on the fucking dorm parent's patio. That legitimately happened. Uh, and then we had a, a lacrosse coach who was a janitor who they let practice who ran away from the school. So the, the kid, the guy was smoking weed with like 10 kids on the team. And then he refused to come back. So we had a, we had a, a teacher run away. This is the craziest shit I've heard in quite a while. Dude, so then there was a time during a, a weekend where like parents came up to talk to the whatever, whatever. So it was a football game. So this kid, this very famous sculptor who got kicked out of every seminar named Harry Jackson. Uh, he was like, he like had stuff in the White House. So he was in World War II. And he started, had like a battle cry, yelling, Tarawa, his kid didn't even play. He was yelling, Tarawa, Tarawa, that was his war cry, right? On the side of the, th uh, side of the field. So everyone's just like, who the fuck? So Jim Belushi, his son went there. So he tells the guy, hey, shut up, stop screaming. So they got into a fight on the sidelines, right? So they were like pushing each other, Jim Belushi and this crazy sculptor. Then that kid that challenged the whole team to a, a fight came and had to break it up. And then he almost fought Jim Belushi. This is during the football game. <laughs> yeah, so those were some funny hide uh, uh, memories that I like wrote down. I thought I would share with you. Uh, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta. Okay, I'm just putting it out there. Yeah. Back, you, you, to take those instances and put them in the script would be funny. Yeah, yeah dude, they really, it was crazy. You just gotta have a, you gotta have a, a linear line through the, but uh, those are funny instances that if you saw them in a movie, you would laugh. Dude, it was it was crazy. It, dude, it, the, the, and the teacher, like my teacher, my English teacher was like great, but he was like a he did back in the day. He did like LSD with uh, uh, with Larry Miller back like the comic. Like he went to Brown with yeah. He was a crazy crazy guy. This guy, uh, but but he would like love it when you connected um, like the like the movie Blue Velvet to like the new Nirvana song to like your high school wrestling match to Shakespeare and put it all in like one essay. He'd be like, Oh, this is brilliant. So I would always do that. I get to college first day. I, I like my papers do. I, I do all this. My teacher gives me like a D and writes back, were you on drugs? And if so, <laughs> can you get me some? And then like, she, I had to like, Pretend I was gonna get her weed the entire thing, and then I got a good grade. <laughs> but like, this was like fucking what? So anyway, if I anyway, uh, I wanted to share some of this. I I want. I wish my high school was better. I wish I had <laughs> people like I wish I had more stuff. But it was like it's like as soon as I would come out of school, my pops would be there. Like, are you ready? Let's go. And I was oh. like, motherfucker. No. So when I got the when I got after twelve, in fact, I didn't even go to my graduation. Cause I was so pissed off because I felt like, but man, I can do what the fuck I want now. Yeah. And I, that's when I went a little bonkers, but my high school, I was very regimented. 
very go home, do what I got to do. You know, I, I wish I'd have had more crazy. <laughs> had so much crazy. Dude, this is only People the- taking shits in the fucking... On the porch. This only, dude, this is only the funny stuff. Like, it, it got really dark. There was some really, really dark stuff. And that's what kind of like, uh, you know, I'm just trying to put the funny. Like, one day I, I, I got to just sit down and talk about it because it, it's like, it's insane. And it, keeps, and it keeps coming back. And then I'm writing this stuff and I'm tagging the people that did that. Like, there were two kids in my dorm. They rented the movie Blown Away back when Nicole Eggert was like the hottest thing in the world. And she was like maybe yeah. or something. And then they charged people to watch it in the dorm. And that led to like a four-hour debate on whether or not you were, that was legal to, to like charge kids to like a softcore porn basically in a dorm. And so I'm like writing the time that they – and then like I'm tagging them. And now they're all like lawyers or this. And everyone's talking – like people are still saying whether or not – it's continuing now. <laughs> well, Ken, can, can you get all of those people as a holder? <laughs> no, you know what I'm saying? It's a documentary show. Hey, weren't you the kid that shit – <laughs> on the board, I'm telling you, I'd watch that. I'd fucking watch Dude, that. There was a kid that took a shit in Rite Aid in aisle five. He got drunk, and, and then they put, like, a sign saying, no hide kids. But he actually took a shit in the, in the toilet paper section. Uh, so that was, like, and he got, yeah, anyway. Listen, uh, that was our, our podcast today. Uh, Shang, you're the best. You're everyone. We've had people say me. I've had fans of the podcast say, listen. Thank you for introducing me to Shang. I watched his special. It was great. So Amazon, where can people watch the special? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm on Amazon Prime. If you have regular Amazon, you can't watch it. You, you got to pay for it. But if you have Amazon Prime, it's free. It's called Shang is Shangri um, 2021. And make sure you check it out. And if you do like it, review it, write a review, and uh, rate it. Because that's how you keep in the top, I guess, algorithm. But so far, it's going extremely, extremely well. Like, thank everybody that's been watching it, and a lot of people have been watching it. A lot of people tell me, like, dude, thank you for – Shang, it was awesome. Uh, yeah, you can watch my special, Adam Hunter, also on Amazon, still broke. And I have a special on Fight Pass, Adam Hunter throwing punches on Fight Pass. The Fight Pass uh, one is the one that I, I think that, that that's so unique. I'm, that, remember I told you that's the most unique. I've never seen it, and there's no comic that's done that. Yeah, and I got a second one coming out, so uh, uh, I'm going to film that pretty soon, hopefully. Uh, but thank you guys so much. Thank you, Jimmy Rivera. Thank you, Dirty Ron or Mikey. Dirty Ron. Dirty Ron. It's Dirty Ron. Thank you, Dirty, Dirty Ron, Ron. Mikey. Uh, you guys are great. Shang, have a good weekend, brother. All right, man. Have a good weekend.